Hey guys, welcome back to Have You Tried Rebooting this week. Talking about, actually it's a question, and the question is, <laughs> when is a large investment in gear a better stewardship than smaller investments? Hmm, that is a good question. Uh, this is um, not a question that was sent to us, but one that uh, we was given to us in one of our groups online when we kind of asked, hey, we need some topics for our podcast. So thank you to the individual that gave us some ideas. Yeah. And this is a good one because I feel like we all find ourselves in church world sometimes uh, that the most important thing when we're trying to solve a problem is how much we're spending. Yeah. Yeah. I get that a lot. Um, The finance team pretty regularly you know they come down on the tech guys because tech guys tend to spend a lot of money yeah or whole creative teams really yeah really but i mean the thing is is it's always more important to go with what's the best financial like situation for the church you know sometimes it's the hey i'm gonna buy this now knowing in three years i'm gonna have to buy it again yeah hey you have to make it yeah you have to make decisions based on your situation and stuff um that being said, uh, depending on how much that thing costs, mm-hmm. if you know you're going to have to buy it in three years. Right. Right. Like uh, if you're, let's just say um, my last church I was at, uh, I replaced our front of house console and we were discussing like, hey, we could do this option, but we're going to outgrow it in the next three to five years. Or we spend the, you know, instead of the five grand, we spend 12 and we get something with more channels. And it's like that channel wise probably lasts us seven to 10, which coincidentally is the lifetime life expectancy of that unit anyway. So it's one of those like you have to discuss the life expectancy of something. Yep. Because oh, for sure. It's almost always cheaper to buy something that's slightly more expensive one time than the cheap stuff. Four times. Yeah. And there's no saying it's not going to last beyond its life expectancy. Right. You know, because this well, isn't saying <laughs> this isn't saying that you should not have a life expectancy discussion, but it is saying that in a church where you're only firing it up twice a week, um, it may last longer than a guy on right. tour who's using it every night for twice yeah. as long as your services last. Right, exactly. You know, or um, a, what a lot of churches do, and I've been guilty of this, and by been guilty, I mean I hundred percent do this: is uh, buy DJ stuff. You know, it's decent. It's built to get taken down and put back up, and taken down and put back up. Like it's still cheap, and it's still gonna break. But like, I'm firing it up three times a week. Yeah. I'm not ever, like, pulling it off and throwing it in a case haphazardly. It's not sitting in a road case on the back of a semi-truck or anything. Yeah, Right. I don't know any DJs using semis, but... Well, point being... (laughs) Right. It's not sitting and baking. Even in a regular trailer, it's still going to be going all over the place. Yeah. Uh, Even, like, sometimes it is cheaper just to go with that cheap thing. Like, you need a special light for one thing, one event. You might be best off renting. Yeah. But if you're like, hey, this is going to be a yearly event and I'm just going to use this fixture or this speaker for this one thing each year, you still might be best off renting. Um, if you're in a church situation where you're you're blessed with storage space, which I know most churches don't have an abundance of, 
and or you, you have the budget for it, you might be best off buying something and then storing it for until you need it. Because the other piece of that is, is like there might be an event down the road where you didn't think about it, where you're like, oh, this light that I needed for this event, it would have been useful for this other thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you kind of tapped into the other question that we got, which is when do you rent versus when do you buy? And like that's kind of the nail on the head. You know, if you're renting, it's probably something you don't need all the time. Right. Like example, uh, I've been trying to work on renting a uh, like a small vi- like section of video wall for Christmas this year. Right. So we could have a lyric strip. Yeah. For two weeks, I think, you know, and, well, why are you renting it, Alex? Because in our discussions, we've talked about putting in a full wall and we've gotten like kind of, I don't want to say flack, but like kind of kind of disinterest yeah. from the top down. Oh, I don't think we need one of those. Right. And a lot of those people, I'm sure none of you have these kind of people that you have to work with, are the people that you have to show it to them before they realize how cool or right. why we should have one. Some, sometimes renting something is actually, you know, can be a proof of concept thing. Perfect concept. You rent something for Easter or Christmas and you go, hey, if we want to do this permanently, this is what it'll cost. And um, sometimes you just rent stuff for Easter and Christmas because you want that extra right. pop. Yep, exactly. It can be that simple or not that simple. Um, when do you buy? There, There's, there's kind of like a... I don't want to say there's a third option. So, like, we're doing some of this right now. We have our youth doing a lot of outside stuff. Okay. And um, I've actually sat down with, like, some of my team to hash through this because we don't really have an outside, like, a mobile PA anymore. Yeah, we we don't either. We We have, have, you know, a lot of older stuff that we're kind of selling and, like, some JBL Eons. And, you know, they're nice for what they are. (laughs) They're not, you know, if that's what you use, great. They're not, you know... But stacking them up to a lot of the stuff that we're used to using, that those are a downgrade. Right. We usually use those to plug a 58 or two into the back so people can talk right. somewhere. You have a powered speaker for one yes. tiny event. Yep. We, we have a little 8-inch Eon that does yep. the same thing. Yep. When Kids Ministry is like, hey, we want to do this outside event, perfect. Where's the Eon? Just Where's give it to the power them. strip? Yeah, that's all you need. Like, um, You know, so, and these days, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of freelancing to the point where it's like usually we do that kind of stuff they're paying me to come in and do it. Yeah. And it like everybody wins because they don't have to pay labor because I'm on the clock. They just have to pay the equipment fee, right. like a rental fee on the gear, which is, and they're going to get it way cheaper than anybody else. Cause right. that's just, you know, cause I'm already here. Yeah. I, I mean, like for us, we have a pair of K 12s that kind of is our <laughs> primary mobile system, but we don't have a soundboard. So like the last mm-hmm. time we did, uh, Every time we do a camp, we have to rent something. And, yeah. um, and I mean, we do off-site stuff regularly enough now that this next fiscal year... You talk I'm, about putting one of those together. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm proposing building a system that will be our mobile system. Like, like an M32C or something like that? Uh, actually, I'm talking about replacing the console that's at our smaller campus and taking the LV1 system and making that our oh, mobile system. That's actually smart. One, because no one wants to use the LV1 on a daily basis. Uh, but two, it's already built as a mobile system. Yeah. And it's cheaper no, it's for me to just system. put a new system in there than yeah. to build a mobile system from yeah, scratch. Makes sense. So. LV1 is a solid mobile system. You can fit the whole thing in a small drawer. 
Yeah, this Unless in this case, it's wing, in two but... road cases that have wheels on them. Yep. I couldn't ask for it to be any easier than that. Right. Yeah. You have a stage case, you have a front of house case. Well, and, and yeah, so like part of that discussion, this is actually how we even caught this. Um, they had an outside event a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And um, we're setting it up. And so we have a, it's a QU24 like SP or something like that. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's Q24. It's like the M32 core. It's a brains with XL or sorry, it's like an X32 rack. Yeah. It's the brains yep. and the inputs, but no faders or no like all the right. control you have to hook up an iPad. I was like, yep. So we have this, and they they so you know they're like, hey, can we use this? I was like, sure. And I confirmed. I was like, it's in the back, whatever. So we're hooking it up, and I'm kind of helping him. I was like, you got a router? No. I was like. Well, you specifically asked me for this mixer. So, like, generally when people ask me specifically for specific things and not just can you set this up, it's, okay, you just want this. Right. You so just I give provide them the, the thing that you request. asked for. Yep. And I was like, okay, well, there was, you know, that thing used to be kind of like a quote-unquote mobile system. Yeah. So I was like, there used to be an access point somewhere in a tub or something. So I yep. go into the back, and as they've been selling all this stuff, someone just totally annihilated this access point like just crushed like all all that's left is the pcb i was like well i don't think anyone's going to be using this and so at this point we get into this mode i was like well unless someone has a wi-fi router we're not going to be using this right so at this point i was like or if somebody wants to run a walmart and buy one for yep i was like you could go buy one um we had some analog boards in the back we opened one up but i couldn't find the power supply (laughs) We have like a nice a nice Soundcraft Spirit. Couldn't find a. It was one of those ones with like the eight pin power supply. Couldn't find the multi pin power supplies. So I was like, well, guess we're not using that one. Yep. So we ended up. Uh, someone in the basement had asked us about pulling out this giant Behringer Euro rack that that like hasn't been used in forever. And I was like, well, no one's using that one. We could go get that one. That's IEC powered, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So that one was easy. So we ended up just hooking that up, and we ran analog, and I mean, it worked. Yeah, but got the job done. It did get the job done, but the whole time I'm like, my trailer is literally on the other side of that building. Like, give me fifty bucks, and I'll set up my rack with the router in it. Like, yeah, you know. Well, and, and I think that leads to another important um, uh, so conversation about two hours running around, freaking out. Well, I, I think that leads to another important conversation about boundaries and it's like yeah your gear was right there you could have used it and you could have set it up in 10 minutes but like your uh, someone else's lack of planning isn't constitute your emergency Mm -hmm. and unfortunately it is gear that you spent money out of your pocket for that you use to make money and um well and and I mean, to the next level of that, the 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 Wi-Fi that I use in that. Have I showed you that? I, I actually have I've a custom. Router, no. I actually custom built. Like I bought a uh, IT server rack shelf. Oh. And like, uh, for anyone that's like nerding out about this, if you do mobile stuff, this is like I think it's great. The TP-Link Omada Wi-Fi router. It's this tall, skinny stick thing. It's not like most of them. That's like really f- like a base station yeah it's a it's it's very slender and so i went on amazon and i bought um uh you know those like folding shelves that you can mount to the wall yeah like where you can like put it down yep. so i bought a pack of those 
I took a drill press and mounted that to the server shelf and then use a zip tie and you can attach the Amada to the sh to that folding shelf. So when I get to a show, you take the lid off the case, you pull the drawer out, you fold the bracket into up position, and then your router's ready to go. It's already plugged in. You apply wow. power and you're good to go. I'm just looking up that that router now. Yeah, it's a nifty little... That's cool looking. Uh, I and and I was hoping I could make it take up one one rack space. It's a little taller. You have to try a little harder next time to come up with a way to make it fit inside one space. But for right now, for what I need it for, just fold into the up position and you have Wi-Fi. So yeah, but you know, to your point, yeah, I did buy the stuff, but there's also an additional amount of time of it took me to assemble that, come up with the plan, right. like you know what size drill bit I needed in the drill press to make all the screws or or uh, bolts that are holding the shelf bracket to the shelf and all yep. that kind of stuff. And Well, really, what I'm saying is, like, you, you don't owe the church the use of your gear for free. Oh, yeah. And so, like, especially for those people that are, that do freelance on like, the I'm side. I'm not a nonprofit. Right. I mean, I try to treat it like I am for tax purposes. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing is, is like you, um, I mean, like I'll use one of my little portable speakers I just left at church. Yeah. I have a handful of them. This one isn't always the most reliable, but they wanted something at the smaller campus to play music down in the kids' lobby area. Yeah. And so I'm just like, sure, you know, yeah, it's a $100 speaker, but. It also is five or six years old and yeah. doesn't get used at home ever, so I don't really care, you know. And I just leave it there because, again, it doesn't get used at home. Right. You know. And so, like, uh, what I'm saying is, like, your church should be okay renting that equipment, not expecting oh, yeah. to just use it. Yeah, no expectation. No, it, actually, what was frustrating in that time was I, I, I offered that as an option and it was not taken to the person who gets to make that call. Ah, um, it's you know, and, and there's 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 some history in the situation, you know, like, and I talked to the, I talked to the guy that would make the call later, and I was like, look, I I understand the history here. You're getting like, I'm not like upset about it. I'm giving like yeah. all the grace. Just want like. In terms of you guys growing your program and how it's running right now, it's like we want to be empowering that leader, you know, if you can't make that call yeah, to go to the person who can because yeah. that would have solved that problem in 10 minutes instead of like an hour. Well, and like um, – I'm not saying that that's the right way to do it, but, on, you know, on the if other you needed that time. On the other side, it's like I have a friend who works at a church and their, their tech director – also runs a company. His company is significantly larger than yours. Um, he's been go. He's been going a much much longer amount of time. But like he never even shopped around for the church. He just charges the church what he charges for, you know. So like it can be a conflict of interest. Yeah. Um. It, it definitely can be. And so like, uh, it it is important to kind of show the church like, hey, I've I've shopped around as the staff member who's here responsible for that, you know, I've shopped around and looked at prices. And, like, you can rent from me for this price or you can rent from this other, the exact same thing from oh, this other yeah. place for this price, you know. Yeah. And and it's okay to be equal to or say, hey, my equipment's worth more. 
And it's yeah. also okay for the church to go, hey, we're going to rent from this other person. Or we're not going to rent at all. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm at a point where, you know, I was like, if I can get a couple hundred bucks to put it out, like right now it's just sitting around depreciating. Like Doing I'm nothing. not big enough where I'm running yeah. it constantly, you know, but at, at some point, yeah, you're not wrong at all. Um, you know, and yeah, when you buy nice stuff. Right, right. And, and that's the thing, like your church should also expect to buy nice stuff. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of churches that it, that would rather buy the cheap thing three or four times. Yeah. Well, that goes back to the original, right. you know, uh, replacing and all that. It's like if you buy nice stuff, it's going to last you a lot well, longer. It's like – And uh, you maintain it. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, you're, we're saying – like you were saying, that console with the expected lifetime to seven to ten years. Yeah. If you know how to fix stuff, you might have to replace a power supply or something in ten years. Right, and it still works. Mm-hmm. Or even just we're not saying or replace the motherboard. Dead, dead. That's fine yeah, too. you like, may have to do a repair in ten years. Right, that's not saying it's or dead. Seven dead. Years, or a couple send faders, it in, you know, if you don't do it. Right, and then you're gonna have to rent. Yeah, unless they're unless you have an awesome company that sends you a loaner, but that's not usually a thing. That's not usually the case. Um, uh, it's like uh, I was putting together a quote: "We want to revamp our student worship center." Um. I was putting together a quote for lighting, specifically just lighting with the same controller because right now we don't have any controller. We don't have any control of the the lighting minus what's programmed on the wall. Um, And so like it was, okay, we need three grand to put some kind of lighting controller in here. Mm -hmm. All of the options past that are exactly that, you know, three grand. Uh, And then there's – I gave them an option where it's like – Chevet and Monoprice, like Chevet DJ stuff and then Monoprice lighting, and that came out to like nine grand. Sheds was like 12 or 13 grand, and um, some of the cheaper uh, ETC stuff, you know, similar. You can't get exactly the same thing when you're jumping those kind of price points, but like yeah. in similar style and similar number of lights, you if you go with ETC, it's like, okay. We've jumped now from that, you know, seven to fifteen k. Like stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. You've jumped from seven to fifteen k for a handful of stuff to like sixty five. Yeah. But the big difference is mono price is what three years maybe. Yeah, you better know how to do your maintenance if you're getting something yeah. like that. Well, and I mean, here's the thing: the like the Chevet DJ stuff, uh, moving lights is what I bought in Florida because that's what my budget was. Yeah. Uh, by the time I left, there were 12 of those smaller fixtures, and half of them were at least three years old and running just fine. Mm-hmm. And they, I, I opened them up. I cleaned the dust out of the motors once a year. Like I should probably do that for my stuff. It's, it's actually a fun project to do. Um, but when you buy stuff, cheap or expensive, maintenance is still important. Yeah, and I see a, a lot of churches that forget of the the importance of maintenance, and then they're like, "Why did my thing die exactly at the life expectancy, or why is it starting to show uh, failure points four years in?" I expected to have this ten years. Yeah, like, maintenance. <laughs> just just maintain your stuff, and you'll be okay. Yeah. Well. I'm- yeah, so that's hitting the nail on the head. Big, bigger, big purchase versus small purchase. Example of good time, um, financial 
stewardship responsibility for small purchase. Yeah. That sheds mod that I just did. Yeah. Project, right? Yep. Small use space can light the whole stage with four cobs. And those cobs were, uh, if you order them from Russia, they were $80. They were out of those. So I had to order them from the U.S. So they were like 120 but which even that's good. not bad. Right. So at that point, you're looking at 480 for just the fixtures. Ooh, I might have been a little over budget on this. 480 for just the fixtures, and then I had to do the fan mod because we need the the quieter fan. Yep. So, uh, fifteen dollars times four would be sixty plus. So you're looking at like another 150 in fans. Yeah. Something like that. So grand total of under six hundred dollars, right? To like the whole stage with four four moving fixtures. What's what's the life expectancy on that for for these the ones that I did? Yeah. So I did the math. Uh, I mean, they're just LED cobs. So like I would assume, being China fixtures, the weak point was the fans, which I replaced. Right. Right. Because if the fans go, then the fixture overheats, and then you have a problem. Yep. So the math was, and this is the prob- This is one of the weaknesses in that room, which is why I bring this up. The way that system was designed, they were using like ADJ um, silent pars, which they don't have fans in them. They have like the back of the fixture is a heat exchange. You can actually see the circuit board. Oh. It's weird. So which. Like I never understood why they use these things. Those were RGB though. They are they're RGB. They're they're not they they have like a they're like uh, the stuff you'd use for like uplighting on the floor or whatever. Like they're not meant to be. That's not the right. They're not meant to be key lights. Yeah, that's the problem. But I think they used them because they're silent. You know, yeah, probably. doing well, having and done that this ceiling has a very that's a very low ceiling. It is there. a low ceiling. And so that, you know, that was the first time I was like, OK, now I kind of understand why they might have picked these because yeah. they're quiet. Yeah. But I was like, but now surely there's the fans options. like, yeah, did the fans. So I did the fans and I did the math. But but because they use those silent parts that don't have fans, everything in that room is constant power and never shuts down. Oh, I actually had to explain this to someone once. Uh, like, uh, I think it was one of my bosses or something, because they're they're like, "Well, why? Like, why do you shut up? Why do you need to shut them off?" I was like, "Literally, you measure the value of lighting fixtures by how many hours are on them." Yeah, it's like how many miles are on your car. Yeah, so it's like naturally you want to, you know, especially when you have big like our big Chave movers that cost like three to five thousand dollars per fixture. Right. You bet your butt, I want those turned off yeah. when we're not using them. Uh huh. So I did the math on these with the fans in based on the specs from the company was like, I think they, if they're on all the time, they should last at least nine years. That's decent for $120 a fixture. Well, so. 100 and, and I was like, realistically, even if we don't get quite to nine years at that point for $120 plus, right. let's call it a hundred, let's call it 200 per fixture just for the fans and stuff. Almost a decade. It's worth doing is, it again. Yeah. hundred percent. Even if you only get seven years. And that's just two hundred bucks yeah, a fixture you know? for seven years is not bad. So as a part, as opposed to buying the like three to five hundred dollar ellipsoidals or whatever, it's like yeah, you don't have to do the fan mod yourself, but unless you want to get a zoom par, they make some zoom pars too yeah. or something like or zoom cobs. Well, so I was like, I, that stage, I don't think we need the zoom. We just need a nice light. Well, I think that then breaks down into the let's look at the cost of 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 LED versus traditional. Mm-hmm. Like incandescent. So and like, don't forget to value your own time too. You know, right. it probably took me 
four to five hours to mod all four of those. And right. the first, you know, once I got the first one done, I figured out exactly how I wanted to do it. It was pretty easy, but. Well, it's like um, our room, we we have a, our worship center is a decade old. Mm-hmm. We have two LED uh, ellipsoidals. Everything else is incandescent. What? So, two LED ellipsoidals? Uh-huh. Uh, they wanted to do color changing specifically for one event, and so they were experimenting. Oh. So we have two. Okay. That was one of those that they bought to cheap-ish. They're, they're mid-range. They're not top of the line. They're not bottom of the line. Um, but they wanted to do it for an event and to kind of see what it would look like if we were to replace all of our incandescents with them. Dude, the color sources are awesome. Yes. Just saying. Anyways. They, they are. Um, but, like, you have to... You, if we if we look at um, right now with our camera setup, I think our incandescents work better. Oh yeah, but you kind of have an older camera. Thing, our our right? older JVC cameras don't like that that darker light. And the thing is, is the cameras we're looking at right now are also not good at low light. At? What are you looking at? Uh, they're looking at black magic stuff. Studio cams? Uh, no. Um, what's it? The two point fours or no? Ursus. No, not Ursus. I want to look at Ursus. Pockets? I, I like, yes, pockets. Oh. I like Ursus. Pockets aren't that bad in low light. They're not great in low light. I mean, nothing's really great in low light, but you can, uh, I mean, what, if you go pocket, you can at least really easily adjust your white temps. Uh, Ursus, you can even more fine oh, I'm tune sure. them. I couldn't tell you. I've never used one. But I, I bought two in Florida. The. Uh, I, actually, speaking of that, then there's. Uh, hold on. Where were we? We have to, we went down a rabbit trail. We have to cut this out. Um. Oh, I was talking about incandescence. Oh, yeah. Uh, another piece to look at is also like your cost for electricity. And that's, yep. that's not something that's necessarily super measurable if you have two or three incandescents, but it's like, um, our facilities team has been going around our entire building and changing everything. To oh, LED. yeah. And we have noticed a significant cost decrease. One of our guys told me the cost to run the house lights in our worship center. Yeah. It was like six hundred dollars per hour or something stupid like that. Or maybe or maybe it was per maybe it was per Sunday service. Yeah. That's or Sunday morning. I can't remember. That sounds more right than six hundred an hour. I'm like, what are you so we have Maybe it was a one or two hundred an hour. It was it was a lot. We have um work lights that are um LED halogen type things. No, we have tubes right now. Yep. We have to rent a special lift to, to bring in because we're replacing all of those with LEDs. We're taking, we're putting in LED drivers for all of that. Nice. But the problem is, is we actually have two house light systems. We have the the very nice, smooth, dimmable, like actual halogen bulbs that we only do for Sunday and for like funerals or something special because of those cost two to three hundred dollars an hour to run. We also have a very large room. You do have a large and room. we have oh little, yeah so you're still running hal- like for, for house lighting yeah, yeah no. uh, for services our work lights are the the, the other time the fluorescent tubes yeah which are still expensive but they're not that expensive. The fluorescent tubes are what's getting replaced to LED hopefully this summer. And then um, as we have seen, there's a lot of growth in the lower power, powered halogens or in LED, smooth dimming LED. Oh, yeah. And so we'll probably, 
hopefully next summer start making the changeover. We've we've uh, we've discussed going LED house lights. We did a lot of experimenting in my last church with that, and the problem, you know, a uh, lot of medium, small medium churches have probably run into this too. Uh, there's two problems. The first is a lot of people don't understand that uh, LEDs don't have a temperature curve. No. And incandescents do. Right. So if you run an incandescent at 20%, it is actually a warmer temperature than when you're running it at 100%. Yep. An LED is whatever temperature. So if you get a fixed temperature LED, it's going to run the same that. temperature at 2% that it is at 100%. Mm-hmm. And so that throws a lot of people because then if you have your lights, you get it to where you want it when you have them full on, walking in, and then you pull them down, it's like, that's not right. It's too cool. Well, like, you didn't want to spend the extra money for the ones that can temperature shift and now, you know, or that we can control. Yep. So now we're where we are here. Well, um, or or the church in Florida, like two years before I was hired, they, they had all of their house lighting um, swapped to LEDs. That were on a non-dimmable, like, uh, sorry, a non-DMX box. So oh, they okay. were, the house lights were only controlled from the wall panel, which is fine. I had the, the master wall panel was right next to the lighting console, so it wasn't the end of the world. Yeah, it works. Um, the problem was, is like, they didn't dim smoothly. Oh. When I'm saying I want something to dim smoothly, I want oh, something. That's because it was a wall control, though. Yes. Right. Uh, I want something that could, that's the same amount of change from zero to 1% as it is from one to two. Yep. Well, the problem, the problem there is, this is the second problem, is that if you're running um, DMX control, which will give you smooth dimming, uh standard, like old architectural systems are designed for zero to be zero. Right. And because LEDs have a little computer in them like your like your house led lighting when uh-huh. you turn a light off it is not getting no power right right it is still getting power which is telling that little computer to turn the bulb off right so if you send zero percent from the console and it turns yep a st- an old school dimmer off you're sending zero percent power yep so when you go from zero to like 0.2 it snaps the computer on or if you go to zero to one, it snaps the computer on. So when you get to those low numbers, yeah, you'll start. They'll start flickering yep. because the computer is going on, off, on, off, on. That off. was that was uh, what we had issues, and this was done by um, a, a construction company. Put it in and mm-hmm. charged the church a lot of money for it. Of course, they and uh, it really was one of those. It was twenty percent. We couldn't go below twenty percent, or you started getting random flickers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so like. Uh, we would pretty much run all of our service at 20%. We would keep the house, we would turn the house lighting off in certain sections. Uh, and then oh. we left some sections on just because um, we had some some uh, people in the older generation that would complain the church looked too much like a, a, a nightclub uh, if we turned off the house lights. So <laughs> we just left the house lights on under the balcony. Um so, which is which is fine, but like again, they didn't do the color changing, the the yeah. uh, no color changing, temperature no yeah. temperature shifting, and so like whenever we did photos in there, it was like, ugh, yeah. Uh, we would usually have people if they wanted to take photos, is basically 
we'll turn the stage wash on and you can go on stage because at least yep. that gives a little more warmth. Yeah. So all of that said, at what point is it even worth spending the amount of money it costs to do that? Per our original question, right? Yeah. Because like, like I think about that, you know, it's like, cause, and, and, um, those other churches we ended up never really doing like we never finished that. Yeah. We we basically the way that this project started was some guy on one of the elder boards or whatever yeah. found out that we still had incandescent bulbs and was like, that's ridiculous the amount of money that that's wasting. Went to Home Depot, bought, you know, Don't like do that. 20 cases of whatever <laughs> and came in and started like putting them in, just started putting them into places. So that's um, one and, of those. And, and at that time, the worship guy and I were kind of in charge of like the lobby. Uh-huh. Like the lobby through the worship center, which were all together. And so I was at the building for an outside picnic thing that they, I was, I had brought my mixer and it was just running tunes or whatever. Right. And I come inside for something. I'm like, well, something's off. And it was because they're running like the, you know, four or 5,000 K temperatures in like the ceiling ballasts in yep. the lobby, which made it look like a science lab from high school, Yeah, you know? I was like, I was like, oh, and I just kind of, t- I think I took a picture and texted my boss. I was like, are you in on this? He's like, what? <laughs> I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. You know? Yeah. So like, and then they, you know, so then they start doing the worship center, same thing. The flickering thing comes up. I was like, guys, we can't do this. Not to yeah. mention this temperature isn't anywhere close to where it needs to be. Right. Uh, so now, you know, and now we're well, stuck with all these bulbs that they, I guess he already got reimbursed for. I was like, well, you need to take them back. Like, yeah, you know, that's well, you that you can't just like go rogue. Well, and that's a thing like that's a that's a cost thing that's got to get discussed, too. Like, um, I think our facilities team just finished replacing everything in our in our lobby. In yeah, our we, hub. we just did the whole building um, pretty recently. Uh, I think our worship center is one of the last places that hasn't been converted uh, to the LEDs at all. That's how it minus our, our backlighting and stage color and all that stuff is mm-hmm. LEDs. But like. When they did the, everything in the hub, they had to shut power to the hub off so that, I mean, they were literally replacing all the ballasts for yeah. everything and sure. changing it out so that it was consistent uh, temperature across the building, mm-hmm. which is actually the first time we've had that. Um, yeah. Did you guys get like a projection chart of how much money you were going to save from that? Uh, total I, I believe like our that? facilities guy did, but I, I can't remember. I know it was Big a number, significant right? amount. Yeah. Um, and that was just for the lobby. Mm-hmm. That doesn't include, and that is where it becomes relevant to. You uh-huh. know, is this worth doing? Right, but I mean, they spent three or four weeks with multiple guys going yeah. three hours to replace everything. Yeah. Like, like you have you not have, three hours, yeah. like thirty to thirty-five hours a yeah. week. You have a team of guys doing that. So, like that, when you're looking at what it's going to cost you, it's mm-hmm. going to cost you that labor of your staff members. It's High quality. Cost product yeah how much does a product cost it may take two or three years to pay itself off but what's the life expectancy of a led ballast light like forever but but then also you have to also then take off the labor that it takes somebody to go replace bulbs when you're talking if we didn't replace them if you didn't replace them yep you have to you calculate in sure uh, it's going to take two to three years for these fixtures to pay themselves off but if we take out let's say uh, 40 hours once a year to go yeah. replace all the bulbs 
hey, that suddenly becomes another, what, $1,800 or so? Sure. Off the, so it might not even only take a year and a half to pay itself off. Yeah. But like, um, I mean, there's always kind of moving targets when you do that kind of stuff. But yeah, you do have to think about a lot of that stuff because right. it does make a difference. Uh, but back to the original, like when when you you know that you should buy versus rent if you're going to use it regularly. Mm-hmm. And I I would and cl- then almost I cl- would say buy something nice. Correct. It'll last longer. You'll like it more. Mm-hmm. You Take won't have as it. many limitations. You yep. uh, you won't have as many issues. Uh, but on top of on on all of it, maintain your equipment, keep it clean. It keeps the lifespan longer. It's being good stewards of the equipment that God has blessed you with, or the yeah. money that God has blessed the church with, um, and it just it shows good stewardship just to, to your financial team. So then, when you yeah. go and you ask, hey, you know this light that we bought twelve years ago, it's time to finally replace it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, that's that's another. Uh, I don't know if anyone else. I'm sure someone does runs into this problem. Um, make plans. Yes. Stuff doesn't last forever. No. Actually, I was having a conversation with someone on my team about this recently, and he's like, "I brought this up a couple times, but like, you know, we have a mm-hmm. we've got a line array system and some amps and stuff, and it's like those amps never get serviced. Like, they really no. need to get sent to a shop or have a guy come in and mm-hmm. you know, like." I don't, I could blow them out, but like actually serviced, you know, yeah. you should do that annually really. But so I was like, they're not going to last forever. And I was like, I don't see well, anyone putting money aside. Especially when you, when you think about amps, like if you have a whole rack <clears throat> of amps, mm-hmm. when amps do, they move a lot of air because they have to keep themselves cool. Yep. So if you have a whole rack, it's sucking every particle of dust. Unless you put like a hepa filter on your rack like i don't yeah i don't see that solving your problems anytime well but but. like uh uh, the church i'm at now is we're running into that issue our amps uh, going out uh the amps in the student worship center aren't great and the pa in there is not great again all 20 years old all never been serviced all original Mm -hmm. um the lighting board that was in there was 14 years old never been maintained it died uh that's why we don't have anything um the projector that we had in there lasted for eight years, and then it's it went out. Luckily, we had somebody donate a projector to the church, um, which was yeah. a fantastic projector. They didn't know what they were donating. It was a big corporation. They were like, hey, we're going to throw this out if you guys don't want it. And I was like, ah, we'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but like um, in our main worship center, people look at that. They're like, hey, we spent – however millions of dollars a decade ago to build this thing. Why is our video switcher going out? Why is our lighting board going out? Why is the ProPresenter computer going out? Why do the projectors go out? Like, and all of well, this is Karen, happening. Well, why do you get a new kitchen counter every two years? Like, Well, but that's the thing. Like, <laughs> we're, we're a decade in. Yeah. Nobody planned to replace anything. And mm-hmm. so when f- the finance team is like, you guys are asking for a video switcher, projectors, uh, lighting console, like you're asking for all of this at the same time. What's going on? Everything's ten Life years expectancy. old, and stuff's dying. Yeah, we, we you should be planning to replace stuff. You should start conversations about replacing things when when things you buy are, it. When you buy it, but then mark on the calendar exactly seven years. Oh yeah, to the day of ordering, not the day of of delivery, but the day of ordering. That way, you have 
a bit of time, mm-hmm. especially when you buy high-end stuff. If you're buying cheaper stuff, you have to roll that back because it's not going to last yep. you seven years. Well, the nice thing about the smaller purchases is, you know, like like those fixtures for what they are. If I got to replace one of those cobs I modded within a year or two, fine. Right. You know, they're solid enough to get the job done, but they're cheap enough that if something does, they have the potential to last a long time. And right. if they don't, it's not the end of the world. So in my mind, that's a good a choice. for a year is not that bad. Yeah. But if you if you can make them last nine years, $200 for nine years works out to mm-hmm. be, hold on, let's pull out the trusted calculator. Is that like 20 bucks a year? $22.22 a yeah. year. Like, and you have to look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, yeah, roll your, you know, a $50,000 PA looks like a lot until you divide it over its 10 to 20 year lifespan. Well, and that's the other thing. Like, I just did the quick calculation based on like our SD8, which is a decade old. We got it for about 50000 Sounds like a lot. It's it's like if I told you, hey, I need $60,000 to go buy a console, you'd be like, <gasps> when you No, I'd be like, out, why don't you just save the extra 30 and buy a Midas uh, <laughs> heritage? <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. But like if you work that out, 50000 for 10 years is five grand a year, yeah. which is still, it's not nothing. But like for small churches, that's a lot. But for the size of your space, that's not bad because no. you need a lot of IO. Well, and like even that, RSD8, hold on, let me knock on some wood here. Uh, uh, RSD8 <laughs> is about the only thing in the room that's original that runs really, really well. Yeah. So um, uh, we're we're hoping to get at least another year before we start conversations about replacing it. And the only reason why we're not starting conversations is because we don't want to give our finance team a, uh, a heart attack. Yeah. Um, because we're already asking for 60 yep. for a lighting console and for another 30 for a video switcher. That's, uh, I mean, yeah. Well, and that's the, that's that thing. Stuff doesn't last forever. Even if it's, even if it's uh, take your budget every year and take a thousand or, mm-hmm. you know, take, take, let's take the tithing principle, take 10% of it and put it back into a savings account for your own team. Correct. Or 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 because otherwise, what's going to happen is every time you need to put a new system in, you have to do either a um, capital mm-hmm. growth plan or program. You know where you're or take a loan. every Sunday. You oh hey, let's put money in the box and we're going to fill up the thermometer. Like yeah, you know like you're doing stuff like that because you got to come up with it or stuff's going to stop. You know like this is broken. We need a new one. Right. You know you're either reacting or you're preparing. Right. I mean, um, but that that brings up a significant flaw in the way churches do financing and budgeting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I was talking to our facilities team. Our half of our facility is 20 years old. The other half is 10 years old. We don't have a brand new building. Uh, it, like, yeah, 10 years old in the age of a building isn't that old. When you consider our second campus is in a 114-year-old building, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. But, like, um, when you're talking even facilities equipment, uh, our facilities manager was telling me we need a quarter million dollars in air conditioner. Yeah. Like. We have the same thing. It's, it, it's it's you know, take your tech stuff and you multiply that by, like, four Right, so you know, what's the most expensive thing we have? Probably our PAs. Yeah. Yes. Whether or not you include the console might depend on where you are, but yeah, no, nine it out of ten would, times it would be... by the time you, if you have passive stuff, you have all these amps, you have 
you know, thousands of dollars in cabinets and subs mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, think of that, your facilities team, the most expensive thing they have, the whole building. Right. Right? Roof. Like, we're doing it. We're getting a ro- new roof right now. I was going to say, you our, guys are... Uh, our, um, like, cash reserve has been cut in half this year because we also had to replace our boilers. Right. There's, I- like, cracked tanks and stuff on the boilers like they duct taped them for years and it's time to redo them well and that's that's the thing is like sometimes things happen Mm -hmm. and you have to buy something out when you weren't planning but the best way to be a good steward is to usually go with the maybe not the highest end but that mid mid line stuff for your your production equipment Yep, and the um, and start saving for replacing it the day you buy the new thing. The other way to be a good steward, especially if you're not a tech person and listening, is to trust your experts. Yeah, we just poured a new concrete parking lot. Um, I don't know much about concrete, but uh, I am now friends with someone that does, and we have come to find out that they did not use rebar when they poured this concrete. And he knows enough about it where he can take pictures and show you how he can see it shifting already because there's no structural support for the concrete. Right. It's not like like an asphalt parking lot where you don't necessarily need rebar. That's concrete. Well, to get that full 10 or 20-year life expectancy of concrete, you have to have a foundation for it, right? Yeah. So, you know, this was one of those where it's like someone just took the cheapest quote. Hey, Mm -hmm. I need concrete poured for this giant thing. Oh, cool. You can give me the lowest number. Yep. You know, yeah, do we don't... consult an expert, someone that knows stuff about concrete? Like, no, someone just made the decision to do it. It's like, don't do that. Right. And I'm not saying, I think in that time space, like, we didn't really have an expert, like, right. on staff. But, you know, like, hey, you can't tell me in a 1,200-person body, can we be like, hey. Somebody knows how to can do we, concrete. Can we ask someone? So, like, lean in, whether it be your staff, whether it be... Um, someone from your body, like find an expert and trust them to right. help you, you know, at least, at, you know, if you have four options and you don't see too much of a difference between those, find your expert because they'll be able to tell you what the differences uh-huh. are. Right. And if that, you know, if that, if that extra, like couple thousand dollars saves you a lot of headache in five years. Right. It's a hundred percent worth it. It's probably worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've been in that spot as a tech person too, where uh, I, you know, oh, we're going to put this, we're going to put this sound console in because that's what they have at our, our smaller sister campus. So what? Right. You know, have you thought about what your actual needs here are? Like we actually, we actually were landlocked by console size at my last church at one point. And they put it in just because they had a smaller campus that liked the console. I was like, I was like, you really need at least 48 inputs yeah and we put in an x32 just because the other council campus likes it and we get to christmas and stuff and i'm either submixing the orchestra through my own personal console into mm-hmm. the other one which no one understands what's happening at that point right the moment or, you hook up a second console everyone's like what's going on yeah <laughs> i was like no one even understood what was going on at that point or you have to start like oh we're gonna area mic yeah you know yep. and Maybe that's okay for you. Maybe it's not. But we had a, that church. We had an orchestra a lot, and we were frequently like low or out of inputs. 
Yeah. Because we're running a full band, too. I mean, our full band at our current setup is over 32 channels. Well, how long ago was that when that happened? Which one? When you they put in that X32. Oh, that was, like, right when I started my last job. So, 2014, Because they had, like, already... Something like that. So, the GLD wasn't that much more expensive and would have given you 48 channels. What was? The Allen and Heath GLD. Probably. It wouldn't... At that time, I wasn't super, like... Yeah. I didn't know a lot of all the options out there. I just came in, and they had already told me they decided that. I was like... Right. Did you decide that before I got here? Because like we really should talk about that. Well, if you if you this that's actually a great example because like so they put an X thirty two in in twenty fourteen twenty fifteen those were what three grand, probably the Allen and Heath GLD would have been fifty two to fifty five hundred. For a while, I great. think it worked. We we just our orchestra and stuff kind of grew. Right, wire, but that's future proofing. Yeah, you know it's that's the like hey if we had spent. Two grand more, mm-hmm. we would be even more future proofed. Now, I'm not saying the GLD is fantastic. Uh, I had one at my last church. It it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. I've worked on one once or twice. They um, were they were okay. I we got I went to a con a, a, a conference and I was tr- I was trying to push them to put in a uh, Digico S32. S oh yeah yeah yeah, which. I have to think about this. Technically not an upgrade, but because it did stereo channels, mm-hmm. I think it, like, you'd have to get a second stage box, but I, I can't remember. I, at the time, I was like, I, I'm pretty sure I did the research, and, like, if you had things running stereo, you could potentially have some extra stuff, maybe. Um, but the interface was way easier to use. Because it was like a cell phone, like all the, probably, it's like applications on a cell phone. You're probably talking the Digico S31. Yeah, yep. It's like the Digico version of the X32, right? Well, yeah, that uh, that's still 48 channels. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Okay, that is what I was looking at. Then. So that's, but if you compare that, even that would have been more top of the line because that's oh yeah, fifteen thousand versus it was a little bit more. Well, it was it, it was more like ten thousand at this time. Yeah, but um. I think the time I was pushing that was we actually, our console got stolen. Someone came in and unplugged. Thankfully, they didn't cut. They unplugged. Oh, good. Okay. And took it. So fortunately, since I owned an M32R, I could plug most of the stuff into my console. Yeah, and just go with it. And go. So if there were a couple weeks where I was stuck on front of house running my own stuff. Right. Um, But I was like, hey, why don't we take this opportunity to uh, increase our channel count? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, anyways, and the, again, same thing, something gets stolen. Okay, right. are we going to just, for that. are we just going to, um, flat replace what was there? Or are we going to sit down and see if there's something better on the market that's new that'll, you know, yeah, yeah we have to buy, well, it's, well, we have to buy something anyways. Right. Do we, do just, we just replace or do we buy, you know, that, that same concept, do we buy in again mm-hmm. so that 20, whatever that 10 to 20 year period starts over right or do you look at it and go hey our worship team is growing hey we want to add more tracks hey we want to do this you know it's always a good idea to err on the i'm using 40 of 48 channels and my console's dying it's time to up to a 64 
Yeah. If you're using 40 out of a 64, I would say go ahead and keep using a 64-channel console. If you're using 40 out of a 120-channel console, you probably could move to a 64. Um, but that's the like – you have to really look at it like, okay, even if you're using 40 out of 64, you're like, oh, well, for Christmas, we're, we push it to like 63, 64 channels. Huh. Like we're skin teeth uh, getting it done. You might want to even just look at the bigger consoles so that you have the capability of doing those bigger events. Yeah, and and if you find yourself renting regularly, right? Yeah, if you find Consistently yourself... and regularly, that usually means it's time to buy something. And it's okay to sell equipment before its lifetime is done. If it's not fi fitting the need, and this is something that I see a lot of churches Before forget. its lifetime is done or right when you're done with it. Uh-huh. It's it's not bad to hold on to some things if you're like like us we're we're go we're launching a campus sometime this year oh, or yeah. early next that makes sense we're holding on to some things where I'm like hey uh, right as the campus launches we're gonna have all of this cost from the facility side so from production side I'm gonna save us some by doing this this and this we're gonna use a an older video switcher yeah. our screen's not even our our screen uh, the screen that we're looking at doing in there isn't going to be 4K. I don't need a 4K video switcher. I can use the old Blackmagic 1080 that we have. That's yeah. good enough. Like, I don't need to go buy new equipment for it. Um, and it's just one of those where it's just like, it's it's as uh, as it is with everything else. It's just a balance. Just just learn to balance. And if you, if you are wondering and if you want a second opinion on something, you can email us at yeah. have you tried rebooting, rebooting dot podcast at gmail um or you know go to one of the facebook groups and yeah, type facebook in kind groups, of the situation and ask discord and yeah there's plenty of uh, i mean i think most of us are pretty logical people yeah and it's pretty easy as a logical person to look at situations like that and be like you know we're not gonna if you have a 300 person church and you walk in specking out a full meyer array system you're gonna get laughed out of the meeting Right. It's just not realistic. Mm -hmm. You know, if you come in realistic and and keep the talking points, you know, don't and, and make like have a discussion. Don't get in arguments. Don't right. you know, don't don't try to be flaunting your you know, however knowledgeable you are of the situation at people who are less knowledgeable. Right. You know, come at that they're not gonna understand necessarily the difference between um a Meyer powered speaker and a K and a QSC K twelve, yep. and you're gonna have, like, and, and so that it becomes your job to break that down and talk about it in a way that they're gonna understand. Mm -hmm. And if you can't do that, you're not gonna get stuff, right? And so that's when it, where it becomes important find people that are experts in it. If you're not, yeah. you know, and I've always told people this: like, I am not an expert in the video world. I can get by. Same. I can get by, and I have, but I have lots of friends that are experts mm -hmm. in the video world. And yep, like, if I bit. have a question, I'm just like, "Hey, how do I do this?" And it fixes it instant. Like they're able to fix it pretty quickly for me. Yeah. Well, yeah, and uh, you know, yeah, you want to ask your friends for, mm -hmm. you know, input on that kind of stuff. And if you ever find yourself, so I found this at my last place once where I actually um, was advising against buying an iMac Pro. You remember when the iMac Pro came out and it was like the big deal? Yep. 
Um, it was it was within that year, and it was when we we were building up the streaming culture and all that stuff. Streaming was becoming a thing. Yeah. Um, and we just we didn't have the biggest numbers. Yeah. Between thirty to fifty views. I think that was a pure, I think it was per service. Yeah. And we, and we were running into some problems with with um in the recording room or whatever with with computer power cuz right. we we used Wirecast to stream. Yeah. And so basically it, it came it came down to um it came down to what I thought or what I had come up with for options to solve the problem was either we need to get a beefier computer mm -hmm. or we only stream one service. And I don't yep. remember why that solved the problem. It had to do with that computer doing double duty on something, I think. Ah, okay. Uh, and, and I was like, just looking, uh, put your financial stewardship hat on. I was like, 30 to 50 people online. A and that church's budget was like a third of the one I work at now. So right. I was like paying, was it three to 5,000 for an iMac Pro, I think. Yeah. And I was like, it to me doesn't make sense. Yeah. We've it's... been putting a lot of money into our online stuff. I was like, there's some stuff that we really should do that will, the people in the room will also see the benefit, whether mm -hmm. that be, you know, increasing how good our stage lighting is or, yeah. you know, that whatever it is, whatever it is, but you know, three to $5,000 can accomplish a lot. And, um, I ended up getting like, overruled at the top level but yeah you know i remember that because i remember thinking your tech guy is telling you not to buy a fancy new mac yeah it's got to count for something yeah i was like i was like <laughs> I, don't, I love getting new stuff i love getting new computers like you know it, it, it's gonna take a lot for me to not find a solid reason to have one and right in that moment i was just like i just don't see I don't it's, see how this is helpful. Right. It doesn't, in the long run, it's not. And and, and um, something that uh, my boss and I have been pretty intentional with in the past year or so is impact versus investment. Yeah. Right? So if you're, sending, if you're spending $5,000 on this thing, how big is the impact? Mm -hmm. You know? And you want, if you're going to spend a big amount of money, the impact should be very big. Right. You know, well, and, and it's that, bonus points if you can spend low money and high impact. That's a bonus, but you know, um, that was the thing. Like when I bought the the cheaper moving lights in Florida, yeah. Um, we, uh, one, I didn't have the budget to do big things, but the pastor at the time really wanted us to move into that bigger church worship feel with haze and moving lights yeah. and gobos and all of that. And so it was like. I sat down with him and said, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna purchase some of these cheaper fixtures. They will start us. Once we get the church bought into the idea, we'll want to run and replace everything. These fixtures are then specced to go to our youth room. You know, oh. you know, like so. Yeah. Say, I'm not just buying this and then we're gonna throw it out in two years. It's a these will then get moved to the youth room. If we have too many for the youth room, we'll move a handful into the kids' worship room too. Like literally we're starting this. We're going to set an atmosphere. Yeah. We're going to move to it. And then we're going to just pass these down and put new stuff in. The other part of that too, I don't think there's a rule that says 
unless it's being bought by different budgets. You know, this light can only be in this kid's room. No. Right? Like if you do, if you stage design, redesign all your rooms. Yeah. What else could help breathe, breathe, breathe freshness into all of your spaces by then shuffling around? If you're buying, you know, well, yeah. Again, now if you're like us and your worship center is four times the size of your kid's room and you're only buying the bare minimum for the kid's room, that might not work. Right. You know, you could buy some little, I can't, you could borrow some stuff for eye candy, but yeah. And, and vice versa, your, you know, super high powered beams might be completely overkill for the kid's space. So in that space, that's true. But if your spaces are all close to the same and you look at like led tape stuff or led tubes or hex pars, like stuff that's eye candy or that's not so, or, or wall washes, you know, you could shuffle that around to come out with some different looking stuff. Yeah. Most of our spaces, yeah, most of our spaces there, like, minus the kids' room. The kids' room was pretty small. But, like, our um, – when I would redo the lighting on our stage, if there's anything that I didn't end up needing for that lighting design, the youth room would get to borrow it for a bit. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Some of the fixtures were very overkill. Where yeah. it's just, like, in the youth room, we're we run it at, right like, now. 3%. You we'll know? let you guys use them for a little bit. Yeah. But they, you know, got to have fun with it. Uh, and – we didn't have to invest in all new fixtures for everywhere all yep. the time. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think that uh, concludes day. our hour-long recording here. Buy nice stuff. Be Maybe. responsible with your money. Yes. TLDR. And, and it is okay to rent. Yes, uh, it is. But if you find yourself renting a lot, just buy it. Just, just pull the trigger it. and buy it. Worst case scenario, you can rent it back out when you're not using it. Yeah. You could rent it to another local church or to a group. hmm Yeah. All right. Email, Discord, not Instagram. Facebook, though. Facebook. Send us your questions. Have you tried rebooting? We need, co- we need topics. Yes. Send us I send us questions and ideas of things you would like to hear us talk about. Yeah. And if you have any specifics like... You have an event at your church and you're just wondering how to do something. Discord. Remember, once we get to, uh, what was the number we said, 100 subscribers, we're going to do a live night on our Discord. That's just right. let anybody join and ask whatever questions they want and record it live. Yep. Be a good time. So until next week, everyone, have a great week. See you. See ya.